0: Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome
1: to Dueling Dialogues, Episode 48. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Good. How about you?
1: All right. Yeah, it's sun is out, so I can't complain. Well, we can complain. We've kind of had some technical difficulties today. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, we're hoping this all goes well here. <laughs> yes. Keep the fingers crossed that everything will be going okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll we'll try this. See how it goes. If not, we redo we'll it tomorrow. That's right. That's we're flexible if we're anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So what do we got on the dog for today?
2: Well, we've got basically a part one of two. Draining the swamp.
1: Oh, okay
2: You know, it's the mantra of our president It was his mantra as he ran for president
1: Right And
2: kind of like Brexit Trump and Brexit go hand in hand They're a populist movement Right Okay, and whether you like Trump or not You are being affected by the change That is that populist Trump Brexit You know, whatever you call it, other places I mean, you got Murf. Murf- suffering you got theresa may suffering and the uk you got things changing in france you guys up there you you guys are going a little nutty too
1: yeah there's no denying that what happens south of the border here affects us so yeah, what? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's no way that we can deny it. I mean, Boeing that deal did not go through because of the Bombardier tariffs that were put on Bombardier. Yeah, we canceled. So it's our,
2: now canceled. Okay. Yeah.
1: So what was that worth? Five billion or something?
2: Yeah, five billion. So that's a lot of jack, as we call it around here.
1: Yeah, not sure what's happening to Boeing stock, but uh, yeah, that's gotta hurt.
2: I have not looked at Boeing
1: stock today.
2: Yeah, I don't want anything to hurt because I got my prediction out there, you know, in the stock market. So I don't don't want that
1: going on. Yeah, as long as you don't have Boeing stock.
2: I don't have Boeing stock, thank goodness. Um, (laughs) No, not really. Most of the time I wish I did. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Anyway, so draining the swamp.
1: Yes. There
2: is a movement. And if you talk to a lot of spiritual leaders, there is a fiber that connects us all. Right. You know, there, there's lots of names for that fiber, but everything is eventually connected someplace. So whether you want to change or not, you might as well be the change. Because the change will happen to you. Right. right. So let's talk about the swamp. If the swamp runs through the Manhattan Media District, which they're all kind of right there together, a little Manhattan, you know, geographically speaking, they're, they're a stone's throw apart. Right. You know, if you count the number of people in the area, it seems like a big place. Anyway, and it runs down through the D.C. area. I would say... That in that particular swamp, someone has parted the murk. And we are getting a glimpse of what lies beneath the surface. And the murk has basically been a big bunch of lies. Mm. Now, you got these people up in Manhattan at NBC, 30 Rock, saying, oh, we didn't know that Matt Lauer had to, you know... Let's call it a wandering eye.
1: Some issues.
2: We didn't know that he had sexual issues. We didn't know he was basically a rapist. Nope. We didn't know that. And you know, while you're while you're sitting around going, "Well, that's a lie," you really know it's a lie, but. When something comes to surface that proves that beyond a shadow of a doubt it's a lie, you you kind of just got to grab hold of it. Right. And today that's what we have the way these people enabled Matt Lauer is just remarkable. And 2008, there was a secret roast for Matt Lauer. And basically, and you can bleep me, what they did was they, for about three hours, a bunch of grown-up, well-paid, well-educated people, sat around and talked about penises. (laughs) Wow. Which reminds me of a little trip I took with my kids a few years ago. Two of them, not the oldest one. God love him. We were taking a little trip to Branson, and every time we go to Branson, I like to go to this place called Dick's Five and Dime. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's an iconic place. I mean, they have everything you can't find anywhere else. Right. And then they've got weirdo stuff like Elvis paraphernalia. It is a really weird place next time I go down there I'll take pictures for you because okay, awesome. I like to go there to get the little brown bears that you put in your sugar so it doesn't get hard you know I and never notoriously, when my kids were little well they're terracotta uh-huh. and you just put them down in all your sugars and it keeps the moisture from creating hard sugar right so you know and notoriously when my kids were younger they would break them ah. so we're driving down there and um uh, one of my kids was eight, that would make the other one about 14. And I said, We're going to Dick's. Now they're boys. I have all three of my kids are boys, and they are giggling and laughing because they're children. Okay.
1: Yeah. And you the said, whole, dick. Uh,
2: yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I said Dick. Okay. And we are going to Dick's, and they are just laughing and making jokes in the backseat, and this this went on forever. And then they wanted to go to – Dick Clark had a um, diner with a little theater that he owned down there. Oh, can we go to Dick's for lunch, too, you know? Uh, And I remember coming back home and going, if I hear one more thing about (laughs) anything else named Dick, I'm free to scream, you know? But they were giggling. Right. So when I think about people like Brian Williams, Diane Sawyer, let's see, Nancy O'Dell, um, Howard Stern, I would think he would do that. Yeah. You know, Katie Couric, Jeff Zucker, Martha Stewart, and huh. I think about them being at a roast, and a roaster, you're you're supposed to be rude to people there. Right.
1: That's what the roast I is about.
2: Don't think about them giggling and going on for 3 hours the way my my adolescent children did right my kids wouldn't do that now. So anyway, this took place at the Friars Club, and and know that this this version of our show is is going to be you know rated R. Lots sure. of beeps. Absolutely. So, for example, when Martha Stewart stood up to address Matt Lauer, she called him, and I quote, "the f- of the rock." <laughs> what? sort of universe do these people that didn't know he had a problem live in? Right. It it doesn't make, make sense. No. Yeah. So you gotta wonder... And, and you got to wonder, you know, Katie was a star before Matt became a star. Right. On the Today Show. Yeah. You know, Matt was at first like the newsreader. You know, how was it that she took a second row sheet to him? Is it because she was a woman? Hmm. Or is it because the personality of this man demands the ego, the ego, right. you know, demands that people treat him in such a way. The way Matt was betrayed upon the show was the not world's nicest guy, and I'm quoting that. No, hmm. the world's nicest dad wow. and the world's nicest guy. Okay, so this event has been described. Ass, sexist, racist, homophobic, with obscene jokes that left little doubt that Lauer's colleagues knew that NBC's biggest star was troubled. Hmm. And I think that's saying it kindly. I I think I would say something a little more, more strong. So enabling him was something that they all took on. His cohorts, from Katie Couric to Ian Curry, anyone that was on the air with him became an enabler at the time of the roast Jeff Zucker who now runs CNN was the chairman of NBC Universal he was at this roast and he mm. himself when asked last week claimed he had no idea now the jokes go on and on Meredith Vereira made crude jokes, so did Al Roger. They talked about him partaking in anal sex during the Olympics.
1: Wow. Okay, I, I, mean, know, I know dirty stuff, dirty jokes happen at a roast. Do you think yeah, they really this- knew? I don't know. It's hard to say.
2: Oh, I do. I do. I, I just do. don't think it's an accident. I, I have to go to roasts all the time around here, and I know we're not Hollywood, Okay. And people say dirty stuff, but things that you say about the person always applies to what they are. Hmm. Okay, or somebody drinks too much to make a few jokes about
1: them being an drink. alcoholic.
2: Yeah, yeah, funny things they've done while drinking. I don't know. And and it went on and on to Anne Curry. They said awful things about her and him, and at this roast, mm. and we have a copy of this. But I, I also think that a sort of Stockholm syndrome took over at NBC surrounding the day Today Show. You know, Matt Lauer was a beast in a designer suit, hiding behind a facade of the world's nicest dad. Yeah,
1: mm.
2: in the real world. After someone was, I don't know, I don't even think they would have to be convicted of some of these crimes he's been accused of. Right. And he made less money. Social services around here would be investigating him, trying to decide whether he was a sick individual that should be not be left unsupervised with his kids. Right. That's the real world. You know, you've got to remember the button under the desk.
1: Well, I'm still waiting for one of these guys to get charged. Well, I am too,
2: but that's going to be hard. And I'm going to tell you why. One reason why is when you go to work for just about anybody anymore, but definitely one of these media giants, you sign a mediation agreement that anything that happens controversial will be handled through mediation. I think that's how Bill O'Reilly's situation has never gone public. Hmm. You are sworn to secrecy.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: Uh, A lot of times the, you know, there is an automatic gag order written in to your contract, your employment contract. But that mediation clause keeps a lot of these from going to a regular courtroom and possibly even to a criminal court.
1: Right. Which actually does not solve anything.
2: Well, in what it doesn't solve anything. It 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 just keeps it going on and mm-hmm. on.
1: It's just which is what's it.
2: already happened. Now some yeah. of these people have clearly decided to violate that agreement. What's going to happen to them? I don't know. I mean, I've been gagged on a on a civil issue before. And I know the judge said, I think I'll think nothing about it to put either one of you guys on either side in the slammer. You do not talk about this to anybody. Wow. Even among yourselves. Hmm. So I took that seriously. Something changed. I think something's changed everywhere. People are coming forward despite... These kinds of agreements. I do not like the fact that they are trying to blame this on toxic masculinity. I don't think that masculinity or, you know, a normal male libido has anything to do with it. No. I don't even think it's about libido. I think it's about power.
1: Yeah, power, ego. Yeah,
2: Yeah, you're talking about a psychologically sick individual, you know, it's like a sexaholic. Well, I don't know that, like, you know, most drug abusers or alcoholics, they're really not drug abusers or alcoholics first. They're oftentimes bipolar, severely depressed, they have PTSD, I mean, you know, tons of situations or they had cancer or they had something
1: something first
2: you don't wake up one morning and go gee i want to be an alcoholic yeah or gee i want to be a heroin addict yes nobody wakes up like that you know so sometimes when you go to some of these treatment programs kind of like the sexaholic Mm -hmm. thing um they treat you know the sex addiction they treat the alcoholism they treat the drug addiction they don't ever treat what got you there in the first
1: place right they don't treat the cause they treat exactly
2: and so It's often not very effective. Right. So I I am kind of glad to see that. Remember, for a while, everybody that got in trouble cheating on their marriage, they just went to a sex clinic or sex addiction clinic, and then, you know, they were out of trouble. Yeah. They went there for two or three or six weeks. It's like, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Small, you know. Yeah. They just don't have sex, but they have everything else imaginable available to them you know tennis courts swimming pools back rubs you know <laughs> yeah exactly it's hard for me to see that that's roughing it nevertheless i digress so anyway in light of matt, matt lauer's situation you've got this toxic max masculinity coming up again and it, it just reeks of sort of a It's a little racist, if you ask me. Racist? It's kind of yeah. I mean, because it seems to be referring a lot to you know toxic white men Um, in an article put out by Fox News. it, It seems very much. To be about older white men. And I think possibly they are the ones that in this situation have had a power and an ego problem. But I don't think it's an innate part of their makeup. I don't think we should make sweeping assumptions that that's how all men behave. Therefore, we need to start, you know, if they ask you out for a drink, you need need to complain and call their boss. Yes. Because we're getting to that point where you're going to have a certain amount of the female population that are going to be unrealistically fearful of men. And this is what we tried to get away from with the free love sexual movement back in the 60s. Right. This is the end of that, see? People in their 60s and 70s, the women and men that started the movement, they're still around. This is sort of where it's going.
1: Well, yeah, nowadays, uh, I think... Guys are going to be fearful of women.
2: I, I agree. And I, I remember being told when I was a little girl by my mother, be careful, men can't stop. Hmm. Scared the hell out of me. Right. You know, I thought it was like a gun going to go off.
1: <laughs> well, sort of is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, I really was afraid. And my experience with men, I you know, I was certainly had bad experiences. But my experience with men in general is, no, I like men. I'm not afraid of men, you know? And if I am, I take precautions. I used to have a client and he was responsible for about a third of my business. And he would call me and he could, you know, say things like, I want you at my beck and cobble. Heck, I sort of was because, you know, I was like his... Off-site HR person, you know, and uh, I had a lot of other clients, you know, but I was kind of afraid of him. And I, I kind of knew he would do something, you know, you kind of sense. Right. So I, I would one time he demanded I come to his office and I was scared to death. Hmm. Uh, Because I knew everybody that worked for him was afraid of him, too. So I went in his office and first thing he does is shut the door. Hmm. Well, I had um, one of my salespeople with me and I had told him, he shuts that door. You get in there as fast as you can get. Hmm. And that's what he did. He comes knocking off the door. says, excuse me, I I think I need to listen in here. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to think ahead of it.
1: Right. You were one Uh, step ahead of him.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to be prepared. So preparedness is not the same as
1: fearfulness. Right.
2: So anyway, you know, I hate to see a war on boys or a war on men.
1: It's a tough time to be a guy right now,
2: it absolutely is, but you know you also have some sort of hypocrisy now Joe Scarborough Morning Joe remember him and yeah. Mika Mika was married, and him and Joe they started Morning Joe and started having an affair, then she left her husband and now they're engaged, yeah so according to Morning Joe last week he said he said he had to leave the roast because he had to leave early because he was feeling uncomfortable <laughs> about all the sex talk. The whole theme was that he does the show. I'm quoting Scarborough. Right. And then he has sex with people, with employees. Scarborough said, so this was whispered behind closed doors. Now, you are got to remember, Scarborough also works at NBC. No, it was shouted from the mountaintops and everybody laughed about it.
1: Wow.
2: Now, the interesting thing is that him and Mika went through a whole dialogue on the show and said that, you know, having an, an affair with someone you work with is always <laughs> a bad idea. So I, I, don't, I don't get that either. I don't get oh, wow. how you can be so unaware of yourself and believe that your audience is so stupid.
1: Oh, wow. That is
2: next oh, yeah, level. They, they just went on and on, and that that's going to be on our side, you know, about how it was just always a bad idea, uh, I guess, for everybody but them. If you go by what Andy Lack said, and they have this certain sort of ethics, and, you know, nobody's going to break the ethics, and nobody is supposed to, then you would have to say that Mika and Joe violated the ethics.
1: Right. Oh, totally. totally. So, yeah.
2: it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's it's over the top. It's and it doesn't seem to stop. It's like daily. There's somebody new added to the list of perverts out there.
2: Yeah. And like I said, what's craziest about the NBC thing is that the women were rather enjoying it. I mean, I mean, you really see that what I'm going to call a Stockholm syndrome. They learn to enjoy what their captor, Matt Lauer, you know, the powerful guy in the studio,
1: you know, what interested him. <laughs> so it was not a big secret.
2: It was no secret at all. In fact, it was a group activity.
1: Wow. Who else was at know. that uh, at that roast?
2: None other than Donald Trump.
1: Oh. Now, you
2: got to wonder, you know, they're always wanting to take him down. But before he began, you know, as a candidate for president of the United States, they wanted him everywhere. What all does he have on everybody? Because he was every place, including here. Hmm. I mean, he was here. He had to know. In fact, I believe, who was not he sat next to here? He sat right next to Katie Couric at hmm. the roast. Tom Cruise was at the roast. Of course, they said Al Roker was there. You know, he seems pretty straight-laced. Wow. The things that were said about Ann Curry, I, I just won't even say on here. You'll just have to look that up. The Clintons
1: you weren't know? right there?
2: You know, I do not see here that the Killingtons were there, but I have a hard time believing that at least Bill wasn't there.
1: Oh, maybe they had an event that night with Weinstein. That could be. <laughs> that
2: could be. It's, it's just crazy.
1: Yeah. I Everybody's been enabling them since 2008.
2: Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, even before that, you know, because one of these situations took place in 2001. You know, one of them took place in 2014. They said they are expecting eight people to come forward.
1: Hmm.
2: Now, I remember back in the day, when I did some work with Children's Services. Now, this is pedophiles. I know that's different, and this was some time ago. But for every situation you could verify, they believed that there was 30 more that you couldn't. Right. And that by the time a perpetrator was caught, he had violated 300 children.
1: Ooh, that is just ugly.
2: Yeah, so... You know, if eight comes forward even in this environment where it seems like everybody's just opening up the floodgates and saying, I'm going to come clean, I'm going to tell what happened to me, me too. Right. I still think there are a certain amount of people that won't. There are a certain amount of people that are gonna be skeptical, will I ever work again? You know, and, and I and I wonder about that. I wonder what is going to be the fallout. Now, I mean, are we wiping the slate clean and uh or are you gonna be a afraid to hire a woman that has accused someone because she may or may not be, you know, a <laughs> habitual accuser. Right. I mean I, I mean her story may be true or may not. I know that, you know, around here for jobs and such, they will even run the civil court records. So that if you've sued somebody for something, you won't get hired. Doesn't matter whether it was legit, doesn't matter whether you won. Wow. They do not want someone that is court savvy Hmm. or that may or may not. Be inclined to sue somebody right so i mean everybody can be happy and think that this is great and it's transparent and certainly these guys should go down but sometimes i i really think in your own best interest sometimes you just gotta walk and go find another job yeah. if you're in this situation um not that you should stick around unless someone abused you i'm not saying that i'm just saying i'm still not sure how this is going to play out for people that accuse a perpetrator whether it's false or or, or not. That's right. You know, you, you just don't know. And, and as for men, I think men, we're going to see almost a hiring freeze on men because liability insurance is going to be higher for men. That's already been predicted. In fact, one of the best stocks to buy for 2018 is supposedly liability insurance.
1: <laughs> or, wow. You know,
2: companies that would write these kinds of policies.
1: Wow, wow, wow. I don't even know what to say to that.
2: It's it's sad.
1: Well, at least people have the guts to come forward. I mean, the Me Too movement, that is the new Time Person of the Year, I believe.
2: Yes, it is. It is. I'm glad you mentioned that because I about forgot. That is. There's several women that are on the, going to be on the front, and that Me Too movement is the yeah. Time Persons of the Year. Right. And I, I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah. certainly better than kim Jong un
1: yes absolutely yeah i don't agree with uh sensationalizing anybody that has any negative effect on the rest of the world so yeah i no. i don't either and you know who knows by the time the
2: koch brothers take over and meredith next year what time person of the year will be next year i don't know yeah. it's going to be much knows? different on another note Similar. Al Franken is going to speak tomorrow as, boy, when I wrote this down, 10 women had turned against him as the seventh accuser has come forward. That 10 women has now turned to about 50 people, men and women. So I do believe he is going to step down tomorrow. Uh, the seventh accuser said she dodged him. It was at a, a recording studio that he leaned forward, tried to kiss her. She dodged him. And he said, as an entertainer, he had the right to do that.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, wow. That was a bad thing to say. Because, yeah. I mean, that has really irked people. Wow. Also, again, on the same note, we had discussed um, a few weeks ago, uh, Corey Feldman was going to come forward with what he recalls as a ring of pedophiles in Hollywood. Right. Uh, Corey Feldman was a child actor and entertainer. Um, he said that he had been abused by, I, I don't know whether it's one pedophile or more than one. And oddly enough, a reporter has came up with a tape of Corey Feldman when he was young making an accusation. So that will be surfacing in the next few hours, I presume.
1: Wow. Yeah, I remember seeing a video interview of Corey Feldman, interview being done by Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer was giving him the gears about, well, you know, why haven't you gone to the police? Well, he did go to the police and nothing happened.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So I think that this will be interesting. And in fact, I met a guy this morning that does some promotional work in Hollywood and um, knows Corey Feldman. Wow. Um, I'm hoping maybe eventually we can get him on the show.
1: Oh, that Um, would be cool.
2: He does it. um, He's in, you know, kind of a social group. He was getting ready to leave. For L.A. this morning. So, and he said that uh, Corey Feldman's a stand-up guy. This, if he said it happened, it happened.
1: And Well, Corey Feldman's had a very troubled life. A lot of drug abuse and stuff like that. And that's, it really starts to make sense now that, you know, what he endured as a kid.
2: Exactly. And that's like we were talking about before. You don't wake up one morning and go, I want to use drugs. Right. Something has happened that has you wanting or needing to self-medicate.
1: Well, at least the sex swamp is being drained.
2: Yes, it is. It is. And I'd like to mention that President Trump just announced that the United States Embassy in Israel will move from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. This is a campaign promise of his. Hmm. It has been a campaign promise of George W. Bush and Barack Obama.
1: Right. And they've just been signing it off every six months and delaying it. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. There's a lot of controversy surrounding it,
1: mostly out of Europe. Mostly
2: out of Europe and the Palestines.
1: Yeah.
2: Nevertheless, over this, I think it's a 10 year process, the embassy will be moved to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. It makes me so very happy because Jerusalem is the true capital of the Jewish people. Whatever you think. You go, well, that will keep the Palestinian Okay, let's put an embassy on the Palestinian side. I don't care. You know, if anybody really truly believes that after 5,500 years, we're suddenly going to have peace there. Yeah. (laughs) I don't believe it. Okay, I kind of believe that God gave up on it. Remember Babel? Because I'm so sick of you people, I'm going to make different languages. Because you're not listening to each other the way it is. Right. Then it'll take you years to figure out what each other is saying. You know, I kind of think if God gives up on it, are we really going to do it? I mean, we need to try. But I don't think making the Jerusalem for the USDA to recognize it is not going to impact
1: Peace yeah, in the Middle East. Well, no, yeah you're, you're correct there. Nothing's going to change the fact that, you know, war is going to continue to happen in the, the Middle East. Um, exactly. However, I think a better decision would have been to open a second embassy in Jerusalem. <laughs>
2: Well, see, I kind of agree with you, but I don't think a second one, I wouldn't keep the one in Tel Aviv. I would put another one on the
1: Palestinian side. You just secretly close the second one down when no one's looking. (laughs) We ran out of funds. (laughs) Yeah. We'll be back Tuesday, but just say Tuesday.
2: Yeah, and what, Tuesday? what Tuesday?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, you could do what my dad said. We'll do that the second Tuesday of next week.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Dad,
2: because I damn well know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I think it was wonderful. It was about eight thirty in the evening in Jerusalem, and they they projected the American flag and the Israeli flag onto the wall, and I thought that was pretty awesome myself. I'm, I'm kind of think it is. Um, it's a good thing to me. Good. It's a very good
1: thing. Well, I would have to agree with you then. Okay. Good deal, because
2: we don't always agree, nope. but life's a journey, and we're all in this together. And remember, do not become a victim. Hashtag nobody's victim. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor, and godspeed to all of our friends out there.
0: Godspeed, Grace, and thanks for listening. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.